0: Good morning. We're going to begin with a song, number 13, and sing the journey. My soul is filled with joy.
1: Hmm.
2: Acts 2, 42-47. to They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he or she had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved.
0: They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles.
3: So this is a chapel where the group of us is going to be just telling you about our experience living together in Elkhart this summer, so we welcome you all here. Um, The sixth member of our household and community, Ben Lamb, is not here this morning, but we miss him a lot. He's at school in Pennsylvania. As I entered my first year here at Goshen College, I was invigorated by the new and passionate people I was learning to know. I was inspired and affirmed as I came upon individuals who shared many of my questions and many of my visions for the world. I'd come to Goshen with a keen interest in intentional community, which I held in tension with a disillusionment with church and a critical evaluation of a lot of my Christian upbringing. Similar sentiments were being explored by a number of my peers. That first fall break, a random dozen or so of us ended up planning a trip to a Bruderhof community in Farmington, Pennsylvania. The Bruderhof, who have Anabaptist roots, have several communities in which families live and work together in a rural setting, sharing possessions and life in common. Although our visit was short, our encounters impacted us in profound ways. We experienced relationships in which honesty and validation are essential, in which each individual is loved and needed, and in which a commitment to joyful discipleship is woven through every aspect of life. Upon our return, we recognized within ourselves a yearning for more of the intimate community we had tasted at the Bruderhof. College life and commitments posed frustrating limits, but we began to pull together pieces of the lifestyle which had touched our heartstrings in provocative and challenging ways. The group began meeting twice a week, once for a meal and once for a time of more personal sharing, spiritual exploration, questioning time, a very informal, house-church-esque setting. Our vision for this group was multifaceted, as we hoped to create a safe space in which authentic and supportive relationships of accountability could flourish, as well as allow for further discussion and exploration of different forms and ideas of intentional community and its relevancy and possibility for our own lives. Later in the semester, a number of us visited Jubilee Partners in Georgia, where some of you have also visited, another intentional community where we experienced afresh the cultivation of vibrant community. Here I was encouraged to see a group of people taking seriously a common critique of intentional community. Instead of being isolated and too inner-looking, Jubilee had borne an excellent refugee welcoming program, which involved them in diverse global justice initiatives. They were active in addressing racism in practical ways in their local Southeast Georgia community. Ultimately, I felt again the same rejuvenating yearning I had experienced at the Bruderhof several months earlier. Throughout these visits and our group's experiences together that year, I was beginning to see possibilities for community in hopeful ways and perhaps even new relevancy for church as it might be transformed to be part of this vision for intentional community. This led me into further involvement with other young adults, trying to gain a voice in the Mennonite Church, trying to articulate that we were still invested in our Anabaptist communities and that we wanted to be engaged as we explored these new models for church. These conversations grew here on campus and with other campuses as we gathered at various conferences and retreats and eventually resulted in a number of us facilitating a conversation at Mennonite Church USA's convention in Charlotte of July 2005 in which we explored young adults' visions for the church. This momentum continued to carry these conversations. And for me, this meant an ongoing conversation with various peers about how intentional community might be incorporated into our practices of church community. This remained central to my own vision and integral if church was going to maintain integrity and remain remain relevant for me. I met Brian, who you'll meet in a minute, and some other members of Fellowship of Hope, who themselves had lived as an intentional community for several years and who are now a Mennonite congregation in Elkhart, there in Charlotte. And it was there that we first began dreaming up the plan that eventually became our Summer Together as New Hope Fellowship, experimenting with intentional community on the south side of Elkhart amidst the members of Fellowship of Hope.
4: I'm Pauline Thompson. I'm going to be sharing with you briefly about our relationship with Fellowship of Hope. As Nicole mentioned, our summer experiment and community would not have been possible without Fellowship of Hope. And so I would like to share what drew us to them. Um, uh, particularly last spring, it was sort of a group of students showing up and saying, hey, we're interested in community. Can you help us? and um, I, something that we would like to emphasize is the generosity and hospitality that just completely impressed us. Um, Fellowship of Hope constantly demonstrated this, and it, it was absolutely amazing. We were drawn to Fellowship of Hope also because we knew of their history as an intentional community. Um, their community began in 1970, and we, because of their rich history, we wanted to take advantage of the opportunity to learn from them. Um, so once we, we expressed interest in community, we started meeting with people from the church uh, weekly, biweekly, and we just started exploring opportunities, um, just brainstorming <laughs> ideas, gardening, getting jobs in the community, and our goals and purpose. Um, one of the fun stories. Is connected to the problem of where we were going to live. Uh, We weren't really sure about that, and we were throwing around a bunch of various ideas. We were talking about flipping houses. We talked about um, roofing the church, even though (laughs) we didn't really know how to do that. Um, And we were just trying to come up with any 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 way to have a place to stay and do uh, perform this experiment. So one Sunday morning I was talking to Jeff, who's sitting right there, some people from Fellowship of Hope are here this morning, and just kind of hanging out, and I was like, well, hey, why don't we just live in the church? And I was pretty much joking, but um, I think that something else that was important about Fellowship of Hope was that they actually listened to us and took us seriously, and um, pretty soon we were in a meeting with the elders, and they were approving this and inviting us to stay in the building they They um, just really went out of their way to make us feel welcome, installing a shower uh, they they donated and brought in furniture for us, they gave us food, they tilled and planted a garden with us and um, I mean other things like letting us go to their homes to do laundry um, i mean. Everything that they did was, was generous and hospitable, and it was an incredible example. Um. <sighs> The last thing that I would like to mention is a support group that Melissa will talk about later, but uh, Fellowship of Hope members volunteered to come um, develop a support group for us so that our community could meet with them each week or two and just um, uh, express our frustrations or our joys and never in that situation did they did they try to squeeze us into a mold that it, it, they allowed this community to, to be ours and, and yet offered counsel in what, and, and did whatever we asked. And we appreciated that a lot. Um, the one, at our last meeting, one of the lines was that Fellowship of Hope never disappointed us. And we thank everyone who's here from Fellowship of Hope for that.
0: All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he or she had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts.
5: In Elkhart, on the corner of Cleveland Avenue and South 6th Street, lies a big green church, now empty except for Sunday, but last. Lots- summer, that church was inhabited by six slightly crazy and ambitious ambitious people with dreams of living in community. The six of us who danced and cooked in the church's kitchen, who hung up our laundry in the sanctuary, who slept upstairs in Sunday school rooms, who bathed downstairs in in an old man's bathroom, who attempted to do yoga on the stage of the church, who cried and laughed everywhere, we're trying to understand how to live intentionally. With questions of how to live in an intentional community in our minds, we decided to have meetings. Lots and lots of meetings. Some might say we had too many meetings, but they were essential to the formation of our group. So, in a cozy room in the basement of the church, our meetings began. There, we discussed our roles in the group. There we decided, through a three-hour meeting, what to buy for groceries, where to buy groceries, how much money we should spend on groceries. There we processed conflict in the group and how to deal with it. There we talked about chores and how I didn't actually do any. We also met bi-weekly with our support group. The support group was made up of members from the church we attended and lived in who encouraged us and helped us when we wanted to ring each other's necks. And though some of the meetings were agonizingly long, difficult, and dull, kind of like groceries, we still still learned something new about each other each time we met. Along with meetings, we decided to start each morning together. So before the sun peeked over the horizon, the church was awake. Well, at least sort of awake. Each morning, some of us would hop out of bed, while others of us slowly and after many different threats, would stumble down for our morning ritual, where we gathered together to sing 411, read scripture, and say the Lord's Prayer. Then each of us would depart to our many different jobs. Then in the evenings, from many different directions, from shelving books at Goshen College Library, to shocking fish in the Elkhart River, to scooping pigeon poop at Ideal Beach, we would come back to the church around the same dining room table and eat together, a meal that one of us had prepared. Every evening meal, we took turns cooking. Each meal was was different each night. One night, we had Pad Thai from Thailand. Another time, Spanakopita from Greece. And one night, we even had ice cream for supper. That was awesome. Um, We also shared finances. This meant all paychecks belonging to Pauline, Nicole, Brian, or whoever didn't actually belong to them and said the money went into a community pot at Elkhart Community Bank. From that account, we withdrew money for groceries, bike repairs, gas, and entertainment for the group. At, at the end of the summer, with everyone contributing a different amount, we decided to split the money, or we actually needed to split the money. So with slaps and punches on the face, Pauline ran out with all the money. Actually, that didn't happen. Um, through through like a meeting that was actually really peaceful um, we decided to split the money pretty much equally and kind of took the amount we felt we needed so as the summer went on our morning ritual waned we stopped having lots of meetings thank goodness and we always didn't eat together but we tried i think that's the point that we tried to live intentionally
0: They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and generous hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people.
2: Community is a living experience, an experience which one must approach with open and unguarded willingness to dive deep into the unknown and search around blindly for some treasure that you just know is there. Then you emerge, dripping and slightly disoriented, Reeling with the knowledge that the treasure you sought was truly present the length of your journey. The lessons of community cannot be quantified, nor can they be held in the palm of a hand. Instead, they reveal themselves in the daily and the mundane. Community building takes an incredible lot of time. In fact, it is a perpetual process, a process of living. We had three months to travel as far as we could this summer not near enough time to actualize many of our hopes going into community. Essentially, living in a community is the intentional creation of a family group. The only difference being that once in community, one chooses to remain. My greatest frustration with community is that I cannot achieve what I began to understand this summer while in college. College, however community-based it promises to be, disables community as I understand it this summer. It's difficult to spend enough time living intimately with others when immersed in work and urged to spread oneself even thinner. I mourn my current inability to live beautifully and painfully, intentionally, with those around me. In establishing a relational life focus, my community experience has been a blessing and a curse, because I find that I expect too much of my time with others. Extending community within its context is important and inevitable. In those summer months, we set out to discover the larger community around our church dead. We got around on foot or on bike a fair amount this summer. And when we did, we would experience the porch phenomenon. Orley neighborhood, where we were located, was what some social, social scientists might call a porch neighborhood. The majority of the houses on the blocks around our house owned good sized front porches that sat directly on the sidewalk. And these porches were well used. Every day bucking home from work, I would wave and shout hello to porchfuls of people, when on foot, it became more important to stop and chat a bit, especially if you were new to the neighborhood, which all of us were. Through these spontaneous and constant encounters, we get, began to know many of the children on our block and begin relationships with their parents. After this summer, however, most of us have left those friendships, based on proximity and time, back in orally. We value the time we had with our loud and colorful neighbors and wish we had had more time to further our trust in one another. Entering into community life represents a commitment to personal exploration. Community is unique and challenging in the sense that one must adapt to live comfortably and honestly with people who interact as family. None of us are as easy to live with as we believe ourselves to be. When put in an intense and emotional situation, we discover that we hate hate it when people leave food on the kitchen counters. Learning about oneself in the environment of community can be rough. Emotions seep out over supper or in meetings or anywhere. Everyone eventually knows that you're experiencing some outrageously personal truth dug way deep from the darkest pits of personality-inspired despair. The wonderful part of this realization is that that the the community which inexorably forces those confrontations is ever ready to offer support and understanding for your processing. As our group explored what it meant to live as a community together, we were surrounded by a group of adults who understood the complications and joys of our journey and were invested and interested in our lives. They incorporated us into their worship together, fed us at their tables, gave us beds, let us live in their church. They recognized our desire to experience community together as legitimate, and helped our summer to evolve. We recognized the crucial role Fellowship of Hope played in our community, experience as spiritual mentors and exemplars of generosity and compassion. Through these intergenerational relationships, we were able to widen and diversify our core community group and witness the amazing expansive cap- capabilities of community. From Fellowship of Hope, we learned that once in community, it is a hard place to escape. Thank God.
0: And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. For us, it was the witness of real disciples that drew us into community. Real disciples who did not mask the challenges and difficulties of community life, but who also could not hide the joys in it. Like the Bruderhof or Jubilee Partners or Fellowship of Hope, we also wanted to be numbered among those who gave themselves up for the service of the Lord and to each other. And we would be remiss not to tell you that we were not alone. There are many, many Christian communities springing up all over the United States and abroad in recent years. There are communities like Rootball House in Durham, North Carolina, or the Simple Way in Philadelphia, or the Camden House in New Jersey moving into houses abandoned by their owners, next door to neighbors abandoned by society, committing to love their neighbors. There are Catholic worker hospitality houses in cities all across the country, even as close as South Bend, devoted to providing a place to stay and sleep and eat for folks who need it for as long as they need it. And there's the perennial witness of communities who have persevered in their vision, like Reba Place Fellowship in Chicago, The Hutterite colonies of unbroken Anabaptist descent are the countless monasteries and convents across the world who persist in prayer and have for centuries. Let me paint you one last image of our summer experience. In in the middle of July,